Ready? Set. Go. I want to see something I haven't seen before. I want to see something I haven't seen before. Platypus, place your sword. Oh, I want to see something I haven't seen before. That is the voice of my daughter, Annalise. Hi, I'm your host. My name's Annalise Schultz. I am trying to find her. February 26th. 2020 was the last time I knew exactly where she was, lying in a bed at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, just three months shy of her 10th birthday, unable to move, see, or speak. I notice a tear running down her face, then another. And then suddenly, she stops breathing. I hold her hand for as long as I can until I feel her leave. I catch myself stopping by her room at night just to check on her. She's gone. And there's so much pain in that belief. Staring at her empty bed, I wanted to be gone too. But I have to live. For my five-year-old son, for my wife, for myself. I just didn't know how. Why would anyone choose to believe something that creates so much pain? That was Tom Zuba, author of the book Permission to Mourn, A New Way to Do Grief. His words saved my life. My hope is that you've chosen to believe something that brings you peace. Believing that Annalise is gone brings me nothing but pain. So what if she's not gone? If she's not gone, where is she? Heaven. Where is heaven? Then I came across this old Celtic saying, one I had never heard before. It says, heaven and earth are only three feet apart. To me, believing that means our world is actually part of another world. One that's so very close, yet invisible or unnoticed. The world where Annalise now lives. She's alive, and she's close, and I can talk with her. She can hear me, and she can talk back. I just need to believe that, and so I try. The first night I try this, I go to her bedroom, I lie in her bed next to her usual spot, I cuddle up with some of her stuffed pandas, Cookie, Cookie Jr., Fluff, and Flower Monkey, who's a a monkey, not not a panda, obviously. (laughs) And I read her bedtime story, her favorite chapter book. Aru Shah and the End of Time by Roshni. Uh, I'm Roshni Chakshi. And Elise, I'm Roshni Chakshi, and this is my doggy panda. I read aloud. Aru Shah. Wasn't just another seventh grader. I do this as if she's just lying there next to me. Someone extraordinary. Listening 
Aru was waiting for magic. And every day, she was disappointed. I get to the end of the chapter, and I close the book. I looked around the room. Would I see something move? Would I hear her voice? Feel a touch? Nothing happened. So I got up. I said, I love you. Okay. I kissed her stuffed animals goodnight. As I head for the door, I I just kind of blurted out, Come say hi to me. Come say hi to me. I guess that was, you know, my way of asking her to send me a sign. Honestly, in that moment, I felt silly. (laughs) Like, almost embarrassed that I had tried this. I, I rushed down the stairs to the kitchen... I go to the fridge, I open it, and I just, I'm just staring into the fridge. And that's when I heard it. I look up to see that a single bulb in the light fixture, it's one of those older fixtures that has like three different bulbs in it. You know, the other two bulbs are, I mean, they're on. They're not flickering or anything. It's just the, the bulb directly over my head was just, It's like buzzing and fading in and out and it goes dark and then back on. At first I was like, huh, that's a weird coincidence. But it didn't feel like a coincidence. After doing all that up in the room and asking her to say hi to me just moments before, it felt intentional. As if the light was trying to get my attention. I know how that sounds. Logic wants me to chalk this one up as a coincidence too. But I can't. I love you. Because I want to believe that it's her. Also, that same part of me that wants to make sense of this keeps reminding me. I've lived in this house for 11 years and that light has never done that before, and it hasn't done it since. Um, You know, your own home, you know the wiring in your own home. I mean, you know, you live in your house, you know it, and you know when something happens, it doesn't feel quite, you know, quite normal. This is Christy. She's with an organization called the Paranormal Consulting and Investigations of New Jersey. You can find them online at pcinj.org. So I'm Christy, and I've been with uh, PCINJ for, I think, five years now, Um, an investigator, and I'm also their medium. I'm a medium. The idea of speaking with a psychic medium probably gives you a certain feeling. Before Annalise died, I'll admit, I was a skeptic. I was also a little scared. I mean, when I hear the word psychic medium, I think about someone who might try to take advantage of me. Or go into the light. No, no, you said no. There is peace and serenity in the light. You said don't go into the light. And both are equally terrifying. I think it took me like four months before I got up enough nerve just to search for one on the internet. But as it turns out, we have something in common. She's also just a person who lost someone. I was uh, 12 years old. I was told that my mom was going to get cancer and pass away. She actually did. I was 14 years old and she 
you know, uh, got cancer and did pass away. And it was after that that I kind of tried to turn away from it because I could not understand a world where I would be told something like that and I couldn't do anything about it. You couldn't prevent it. And so for a while I was very angry and I tried to turn away from it all. And I tried to block out the signs and I'll tell you, it didn't work. <laughs> they were still there. It wasn't until I actually had lost, I lost my sister probably about seven or eight years ago. And it was after that, that um, I started kind of rethinking, maybe I can get a sign from her. I think similar, you know, to where you're at. Something else that really drew me to PCINJ was that they're a completely volunteer organization. They're not in it for money. They're also searching for the truth. I'm actually, believe it or not, a financial analyst. So completely opposite end of the spectrum, um, which makes it very interesting on my approach to investigating, uh, being open as a medium, as well as very invested in the um, equipment and the kind of scientific aspect of it. But we actually will try to help the client with remediations, whether it's cleansings, crossings, um, whatever the situation calls for that can help them. How common is it to hear from a new client who's experiencing strange phenomena involving their lights or electricity? Actually, yes. It's one of um, very common claims that a lot of clients come in with. Um, you know, you can have a lot of experiences in your home and they involve feelings or um, uh, your body reacting to the energy around. But that's not something you can easily tell or explain to somebody. So a lot of them will wait until they have something specific. But a lot of times it is, yes, the lights going on and off, the TV going on and off, different type of phenomena like that. One of our first recommendations will be get an electrician out there. Come on in. All right. Again, just gonna look at this light over here. My name is Brendan Maitland. I own Maitland Electric, and I've been doing this for 23 years. I heard it go Ooh. And I looked up, and it was fading out and fading in and fading out and fading in. One light bulb or everything? Just the one light bulb. Yeah, it was a contact. The contact was loose, so it's just about, just barely touching. So the, uh, it's arcing. You're hearing the electricity trying to get there. I mean, the, the light was on when I came in. Well, you walking could have just shook it enough that it was just a little loose. If it was up top, you'd have problems with the other two. So we've narrowed the problem to this section right here. Again, in a fixture like this, where you have three bulbs and one bulb is acting up. That will not be your whole fixture. Gotcha. I didn't touch it and I didn't and change it fixed the, itself? Yeah, I didn't change the bulb, I didn't do anything. Yeah. It just happened like that one time. Yeah, I, that's the only thing I could think of. Okay, so according to the electrician, it's just a loose bulb caused by me walking into the room. So, I guess my question for you, the listener, right now is, are you buying that theory? Knowing what I know about the light. I didn't tighten the bulb. I didn't change the bulb. It never happened before. never happened since. I already knew where I was going to land, but I needed to know how much of Brendan's loose bulb theory was influenced by what he already believed. Have you ever had anybody ask you to check out lights like this and they think that it has something to do that's paranormal or supernatural? Old ladies. The older, the more paranormal. Seriously. They, they put everything on God. 
They really do. <laughs> That's the only time I've ever been like, oh my God, I don't know, it's possessed, the house is possessed, I've done rosaries, said plenty of prayers, nothing's happening, I called an electric. Right now would be a good time to warn you that I'm about to cross over onto the side of the old ladies. So if, if your mind is firmly sided with this loose bulb theory, you may want to just stop listening because the thought of this being a loose bulb or a coincidence just brings me back to the pain and I'm not looking back. I'm looking for Annalise. I'm choosing to believe something that brings me peace. I can find her here in our world. Some people might call this magical thinking. You both just need to keep believing in the magic. Well, yeah, you know, maybe magic is exactly what I need right now to survive this. So, sorry, Brendan, but right now, I'm more interested in what Christy thinks about my encounter with the light. Isn't that amazing? I do. I love that. I love that. And it's always great because it's one one light bulb, right? It wasn't all of them. What I have found is spirit, it takes a, a lot of energy for them to interact with us um, in any kind of material way, whether it's a touch, a sound, or give us a sign in any way. It takes a lot, a significant amount of energy for them to do that. And that's where the electronics always come into play. They're able to pull energy from that, right? They're using that. If you spend their, uh, any amount of time around somebody that's a high energy person, right? It's exhausting, isn't it? <laughs> They're pulling energy, right? It's a natural thing. We all do it. Spirits kind of think of it in the same way. They're pulling that energy so that they can get become a little bit more high energy and interact with us in some way. You dropped your guard at that point once you went to the refrigerator, right? You weren't looking for it now, and now you felt a little kind of silly and frustrated and um, probably a little sad too, right? Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it makes perfect sense that that would have been her way to give you that sign that you were looking for. I mean, it was just too amazing to believe. I asked her for a sign, and she gave me one. She's guiding me. To believe. We don't really die. We live on. And our loved ones are always just three feet away. But to see that world, you have to believe it. Believing is seeing. Maybe this is what I need to learn. And once we start acknowledging them, it's a way of opening ourselves up. We open our soul up a bit when we start acknowledging them. And then we start to see them, see them more and more. And we get to see, truthfully, kind of that they're there. You know, we've opened ourselves up to the love and to the light. And we begin to see all the signs of our loved ones around us. And it becomes easier for them to give us those signs. Sometimes it takes us a knock in the head the first time around. And the second and the third. <laughs> those acknowledgements, I wholeheartedly believe that they are there. And, and they're meant for us to see and learn from. I found Annalise that day. She found me. She was reaching out with all her energy. And for a very brief moment, I knew exactly where she was. This is Annalise's dad, and you've been listening to the very first episode of Finding Annalise. Thank you for listening. I want to thank everyone who helped to make this episode possible. First, I want to thank Tom Zuba at TomZuba.com. You'll be hearing a lot more from Tom in future episodes. 
I also need to thank Roshni Chakshi. You'll be hearing more from her in a future episode as well. Joanne and Christy at PCINJ.org. Brendan Maitland at Maitland Electric. Sean Byrne at Lazy Salon for our music. James Viola at DamnGoodBrand.com for our logo and album cover. And of course, I want to thank my wife, Jennifer, my son, Sebastian, and Annalise. If you want to know more about Annalise, you can go to our website, AmazingAnnalise.com. If you want to learn more about the podcast, you can go to our website, FindingAnnalise.com.